another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Luck here on The Athletic. I'm a co-worker of Jordan Bianchi. We are here to talk about the Homestead Miami race, which oddly still was, I can't get over, was not the championship. It was so weird watching this race it's and so thinking weird. like, oh, wait, this is not the championship race. I mean, it's June. It's it was tripping me out. I kept messing up all day thinking, oh, wow, this person will be a favorite when they come back here in November. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. It's not not the case. But uh, some good racing this weekend. We, we saw four races, two Xfinity, one truck, and one cup. We're going to focus on cup, of course. Denny Hamlin won. Uh, Jordan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, it was a good race. I think... It was. I think we saw a shift a little bit. I mean, we've talked a lot about how maybe the Toyotas this year were kind of off and they weren't as fast as some of the Fords and the Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolets. I don't think that's the case anymore. I, to me, it seems like it depends on the track, it depends on the, everything, the circumstances, but it, it does feel like it's kind of a pick them or there's, there's drivers from Ford that are really fast, there's drivers from Toyota that's really fat, that are really fast, and there are drivers from the Chevrolet camp that are really fast. And it's just going to matter circumstances and anything else is going to dictate who wins on a given week. And I just don't think we have one manufacturer right now that's dominant. And that played out tonight. Well, it's, it's interesting, right? Because I think this goes back to where the lack of practice is mixing things up. You know, for instance, tonight, I mean, Kevin Harvick was just not a factor really the, the entire race, right? Where normally you'd be like, okay, Kevin Harvick is, he, you know, he's, he's been in contention so many times at, at Homestead, uh, you know, for the championship when they come down there, he's he's going to probably nail it or, you know, he'll he'll be up there. He's, he's relevant at mile and a half tracks. You know, they just it, it wasn't really, you know, Almirola was the best SHR car clearly all night, which, you know, we haven't really seen that. And then, yeah, you know, it seems like uh, you would think Logano and Keselowski, they they led early on and they're going to do well for Penske. No, they they didn't really have it. Um, it was Blaney who was fastest. Uh, and then the Hendrick cars, um, you know, where, where's Bowman been at these intermediate tracks? I mean, he's, he's yeah, running top he's 10, faded. but yeah, he's, he's, he's not how he was early in the season. Byron was up there. Johnson was like completely out to lunch. That was odd. Um, yeah, they had some issues. Yeah. And then even with, uh, even with the JGR cars, obviously Hamlin nailed it, but it, it wasn't quite the typical true X performance you might expect. Kyle Bush wasn't really a factor. So just a lot of, uh, you know, you, you know, you know, the next week though, well, that's Talladega next week. So that doesn't count, but Pocono, you know what I'm saying? Like what, whatever the next downforce race is, you're going to get there and, and it could be mixed up again. So I, I still feel like Chevy has the advantage. I'm not, I don't think Toyota is quite there yet in terms of, um, you know, being relevant, like to, to win the championship and to run fastest every week. I still feel like Chevy is unloading the fastest, but obviously, I mean, Denny Hamlin has three wins this year. To obviously, and one of them is is not a um, downforce win, but still, I mean, Toyota's, you know, like you said, they're going to be in contention. It's not, it's not quite the gap we thought it was. No, and I look at it like this: is you know, Kyle Busch, and you know, he hasn't won a race this year, and he's not running to the same Kyle Busch level, but he's still running really damn well. He finished sixth tonight, and it almost feels like a disappointment. And that team just needs to be just a smidge better. And then if they can do, they can find that. You know they're going to be able to elevate themselves and start winning races. And it just just to feel like the same thing with Martin Truex Jr. They didn't work fast tonight necessarily, but we saw last week at Martinsville what they're capable of. And it just it does kind of feel like some of these that some of these teams that are just kind of not quite to their level that they're used to are just rounding into form and they're starting to heat up when it comes to summer here. 
One of our listeners recently said they wish that we um, argued more. We didn't agree so much on some of the stuff. So let me throw this one out there, and we'll see what you, you – we, we might end up agreeing. We haven't discussed it, so we'll just see what you say. But um, So late in the race, Chase Elliott is leading. Denny Hamlin is tracking him down. And Joey Logano, who was wrecked by Chase Elliott um, while they were battling at Bristol – um, really, I mean, Chase Elliott in that situation at Bristol, I mean, he, he just sent it without any regard for making the corner, essentially, and totally took out Logano. Then he didn't apologize, and his explanation was, well, you've done this before kind of thing. Um, so, you know, Logano raced him pretty hard there, even though Logano was being lapped uh, for a second time, so it wasn't to stay on the lead lap or anything. Um, after the race, we, well, I mean, I, tried matt yokum first tried then i tried on the media zoom call to ask chase you know what he thought of this was it was it a clean move was it fair was it along with with the driver ethics code all chase <laughs> said is um i just need to get through lap track traffic better i mean really short answer and that was it so but that's code for he was pissed i mean he, well no yeah chase. i mean that's yeah you could hear on he the was radio, clearly you know, irritated yeah, and Alan Gustafson came on the radio afterwards and the race was over and said the twenty something to the effect of the 22 screwed us. Well, D- Denny Hamlin, his thing was he thought that he would he doesn't think it cost Chase the race. He thought that um, he was going to pass Chase anyway. You never know. But um, he said, now Logano was quite generous to me. I did notice that. But he said you would expect anybody to race you hard after what happened um, in a situation like Bristol. Personally... I know I could tell on Twitter, Chase fans were quite upset about this. Screw Logano, you know, what a jerk, blah, 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 blah. I thought totally fair game, to be honest. I thought, I mean, look, if you're if you're thinking payback, um, you know, from what happened at Bristol, I mean, th- there was no contact here in this situation. He didn't wreck him. He didn't do anything like that. All he, I mean, he tried to get in his way a little bit and, and not, uh, he wouldn't let Elliot clear him. And he, he slowed him down a little bit, which allowed Hamlin to catch him. I don't know. I thought that was a, a fair uh, sort of payback type move. What is your take on all this, Jordan? Do you disagree with me? With you. Oh, you agree? <laughs> well, well, I agree. I mean, right. it, that's part of it, though. I mean, that's part of the retribution of that goes on in NASCAR is that you can make life really difficult for people. It's not just bumping into them and crashing them and, and you know, doing these other big obvious maneuvers that, that, that count as payback. It is the subtle stuff, you know, whether it's it's blocking them on pit road during a pit stop where they can't get other pit stall, whether it's, you know, holding them up when they're trying to work through lap traffic, um, just all these little different things that you can do. And that was certainly a very pretty obvious move that Logano did there to, to, to cost Elliott. Whether it cost him a win or not is up for debate, but it, it certainly didn't help him. I mean, and you have to think that's going through his mind as he's coming up on the 22 going, oh, what, what's going on here? What's he going to do? So yeah, I, I do think it's that's it's fair game. It's part of it. And when you do what Elliot did at Bristol, you have to recognize these guys are smart. They recognize that you know what, this guy's going to get me back down the road. He's not just going to shrug it off and say, oh well, eh, you know, kumbaya. It doesn't work like that. And I will be surprised though. Late in the race, was it late in the race? I believe it was late in the race. Is Denny Hamlin was coming up on Corey LaJoy, and Corey LaJoy was pretty pretty gracious and just moved over and that that was the complete antithesis uh, of what Joey Logano did there so if you're, you're wanting to compare and contrast there you go but see here and this is this is a good point that you make here because it sounds like from um, what 
what Denny Hamlin was saying afterwards, and I'm, I'm going to write about this in my top five column uh, about his, his feud with LaJoy and, and why he disagreed and all that stuff with, you know, you've, you've seen them feuding on Twitter. But it sounds like they talked it out. They had a conversation uh, that sort of settled things for now. OK, so if that's the case, this is this is again where. This is the lesson that Logano had learned from his past mistakes, obviously, you know, riling up Kenseth that cost him oh, the yeah. playoff spot. And now Logano, as we talked about after Bristol, you know, he's he's the veteran now and he's expecting an apology from Chase. Chase doesn't really show any remorse. Um, and so if Chase had sort of tried to reach out and settle things or, or and this is this is why I don't understand why more guys just don't apologize and and just say, do the fake apology yeah just even if it's fake their girlfriends get mad at them it actually legitimately comes back to haunt you on track a decent oh, yeah. percent of the over. time yes it really does so it's why same thing with brad keselowski i mean it cost him the 2014 championship what happened remind me that well i mean he, he made he made ken matt matt, matt kenseth mad and matt kenseth got revenge on him uh, he made Jeff Gordon mad. It was just these endless list of just grievances against Keselowski, and they made his life very difficult. Yeah. Well, um, I, uh, you know, I, I just think even if it's completely insincere, and I, you, you would have to fake it a little bit, but I, why, why not just immediately be, you know, these guys will do anything, anything that it takes to get a competitive advantage on the track. Mm-hmm. And we've seen time and again, that I mean, even even with the Martinsville thing. Now on Corey LaJoy's podcast, he said at Martinsville uh, that that he he wasn't just trying to be petty by staying out and preventing Hamlin um, and Kyle Busch from uh, taking the wave around. Do you remember what I'm talking about early in the race? Oh yeah, I tweeted about it. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. Sure. Um, you know, because it seemed at the time like, wow, is this because they're feud? But things well, like he, that he happened. Said something though. kind of on the radio about that too, though. Yeah. I mean, well, he he was probably kidding at the time, but. There was, it did sound like there was some truth to it. Right, right. But what I'm saying is that kind of stuff is the stuff that can happen. That that stemmed from a stupid little Twitter battle, and all of a sudden it's it's coming to impact you on track. So just like with Chase Elliott, as Logano has learned now and is expecting, and I know that's, that's ironic for people, but why not just be like, you know what, man, my bad. I just totally screwed up there. I, I, I know you're going to be mad at me and probably get me back, but I, I totally didn't mean to do that. You know, I was just going for it. Just, just a little over aggressive. My, you know, cause remember at Bristol, just he wouldn't even it. look him in the eye. He, you know, he wouldn't mm-hmm. apologize all stuff. So now Logano, it, it again, it could have, Denny Hamlin doesn't think it cost Elliot the win tonight, but it seemed like at the moment that sure cost him the lead. So, and if that hadn't happened at Bristol, that probably, you know, Logano probably just moves over. He's going to go two laps down. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I just don't just apologize, people. Just apologize. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, let's let's shift topics here. Um, Denny Hamlin, win number forty, um, ties him with Mark Martin, I believe, on mm-hmm. the all-time list. Now, I saw some people um, say, "Well, that's interesting because Hamlin's on his way to being the next Mark Martin," uh, in in terms of you know, a driver who has won a lot of races but never wins a championship. Denny still has some time left. This he's probably oh, yeah. uh, I mean he's he he's might, a good shot this might year. do it this year. But you asked him uh, after the race, you know, about about championships and how important they are. Recap what he said and your take on that. 
Yeah, my, my, my question was, is at this point in your career, when you've won every major race there is to win, you've got 40 career wins, the wins, do they mean as much, basically, or is it this season is really only considered successful if you win a championship? Basically, is it championship or bust? And his answer was no, for a couple of reasons. One, the, the format, way NASCAR awards the, the, the championship, it is not it's kind of a crapshoot is a lot of people feel that way. It's, it's a one race winner take all format where it doesn't necessarily reward the, the best and most consistent team through the duration of the playoffs or the duration of the, or the, the regular season. And so it's just, you can have one mistake like Denny Hamlin had last year at Homestead, which was not Denny Hamlin's fault. Denny Hamlin did everything right in that race, but his team made a mistake and it cost him the championship. And he just says that doesn't, you know, you can't let, your good seasons be dictated by that. And he says, I won, what did he win? Five, six races last year. Won the Daytona 500. Uh, you know, that was a great season. He goes, I will take that season any given year. And there's nothing I can do about the final race. All you can do is basically in, in this format now is put yourself in a position to win the championship and hope that everything works in your favor. And if it does great. And if not, y- there's nothing you can do. Yeah, and it was interesting, you know, I mean, he immediately, without even hesitating, said that the the championship wasn't the wasn't the end goal. I mean, no, it is the end goal, but not the end all be all, I guess, right? I mean, um, yeah, just, and I thought he gave yeah. a good sorry as a follow up. I, I do think, he, and I followed it up with, you know, are you guys already thinking playoffs and planning for it? And I thought he gave a really good response: is yes, we are absolutely doing that. He was thinking about it tonight as he was, you know, leading laps and racking up stage points and playoff points and everything, and. It does matter, and I right. do think I, I I didn't get the answer I was looking for from him. I think winning a championship to him, though, means a lot. Whether he wants to admit it or not, I do think it's going to be a blemish on his resume if he doesn't win one. And no one, will, I mean, no offense to Mark Martin, but that's not something you want to be called. Is the Mark Martin of your generation? That's that's not that's not a good thing. Well, but see, to me. It, you know, especially you, you could argue that um, for Martin's generation. Right. Um, and the fact that he he had chances to win a title and and but, you know, he's still a legendary Hall of Fame driver. Sure. Now, I'm in this first ballot in this era, though, I mean, I, I really do agree with. Oh, yeah. Hamlin I, I and, you're going to say, yeah. you know, Keselowski and and guys. I mean, a lot of the, the final four guys last year when we were at Homestead Media Day and stuff were saying, oh, yeah. You know, final four appearances is, is like the new 100%. championship thing, right? Because and it, so I, I I think in his mind, even though winning the championship would mean a lot to Denny Hamlin, in his mind he's sort of thinking, you know, if I don't win one, I don't. But I'm just going to keep winning as many races as I can. I I really don't think it would bother him that much to be the Mark Martin of his generation, sort of. So uh, uh, just be just mainly because of the way the format is now, though. If it was sure. like the old days, I think it would be different. Well, here, here I, I agree with that. I mean, I agree with the part that I think it's almost like winning. I think it's like the men's basketball tournament, for example. You don't necessarily look at coaches and the number of championships they may, they win. They You look at their final four appearances. And the legendary coaches, whether it's Coach K or Calipari or Roy Williams, and how many final fours do they gain, not necessarily how many championships they win, because that shows more of a consistency over year over year. But here's the thing about Hamlin, though. is he? This is I, I think for this generation of a driver – I think that's correct. But Hamlin came into the, in the, the Cup Series in 2006. Mm-hmm. So he raced from 2006 to 2013 under a different format. And under that format, he had a really good opportunity to win a championship, and he, he choked it. Right, I mean, he, he coughed it up. It. He, right. He coughed it up. And he had another good year in 2009. 
and you know, but he came on too late. I just he had opportunities under the old format, so it's not you, you kind of have to take that into account too. Of okay, why weren't you able to do that under this old system? And I don't know. I, I get it. I understand where he's coming from. In listening, the, you look at his record, and it's 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 impressive. I mean, he's got wins in every single major race except for the Coca Cola Six Hundred, uh, Brickyard Four Hundred Two. But I mean, it, it's incredible. It, it's an impressive record. But not to win a championship. I'm sorry. That that is going to be something that people hold against him. No, I even if this format. I'm sure people will. I'm just saying him. I don't think. I don't. I'm not sure. It will haunt him as much as it will bother other people i guess but um let's talk about uh you know obviously denny is is one of the current stars the current winner and championship favorite let's talk about one of the future stars because i tell you what tyler reddick just continues to impress um loved watching him uh run the wall and really be in contention all night uh the guy is just good i mean we you know richard children's racing does seem improved i mean you look at austin dillon he had a top 10 run going and um, had mm-hmm. to go to the back and still got a top 10 out of it. So it's it's not just Reddick completely carrying the team on, on his back. But, um, you know, he, gosh, he, he really stands out. He's an exciting driver, fun to watch. Um, this is only his 14th cup start tonight, and he's, you know, running with some of the very top guys, you know, without even blinking, fearless guy. I really I really like where uh, what, what he could bring to the series. He's exciting. He's fun. He goes for it. It reminds me, I did a feature on him last year, uh, last summer, and I talked to Richard Childers about him, and Childers loves him. He just, he loves Tyler Reddick's driving style. He loves that he's aggressive. He doesn't back down. He likes to sh- prove people wrong and, you know, say, hey, you, you don't think I can do this? I'm going to go out there and show you. And he is really, to me, the epitome of what a Richard Childers racing driver should be. And he's doing a great job. And they're building much better race cars this year. Obviously, you know, Chevrolet built, you know, having a new Camaro this year has helped a ton. Uh, Bubba Wallace, at, you know, which is a satellite RCR team at Richard Petty Motorsports, they're doing well. They had a 13th place finish tonight. So they're building fast cars, which goes a long way. But you, you just watch Reddick and you can just see the difference that he makes and how he's elevating that team to a higher level. He's outperforming his teammate, Austin Dillon, who's got a lot more experience than he does. And, you know, let's be honest, Reddick was not, is not a guy that last year was heralded a lot in the Xfinity series, even though he was the defending champion. And he wasn't even put in the, the promotional video at the beginning of the year. And he still goes out and wins the championship. And he used all year long, he used that as motivation to prove people wrong. Say, hey, you know what? You guys weren't talking about me as a champion. I'm going to go win it again. And I think even this year, people were talking about Christopher Bell a lot. And that's not to diminish Bell, who, by the way, finished in the top 10 tonight. But people were talking about Bell. Like, he's the next great driver, and he's been this talent that every people are looking forward to seeing in the Cup Series. And so far this year, Reddick's outperforming him on a very consistent basis. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll have to go back and look. But I, I'm pretty sure I picked Reddick to make the playoffs. But my reasoning was that I thought he was actually going to win Homestead. I thought he was going to win Rookie of the Year and make the playoffs just based on you know, he he was going to be able to have the talent to go to a track and really shine, um, you know, one of these tracks where you run the wall and, and he can make mm-hmm. a difference like Kyle Larson did. And, you know, you and I texted briefly during the race and it sort of um, it sort of hit home tonight. You know, obviously yes. w- without Kyle Larson in this race, first of all, you know, you, you would expect him at Homestead. But he was always a place where, you know, that was he was sort of a master. Right. Or, you know, he was always going to be in attention. But, he was always that guy that we looked at. Yeah. Right, right. And and so not only was he not in the race and up there, 
But the car, I mean, Matt Kenseth has been really disappointing lately. Ordinary. He had one top 10 finish at Darlington in the first race. Yeah, like that first Darlington one, we we were just gushing. Oh, my gosh. Guess we made a mistake. Those old guys really do have it. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, wow, he could just get in with no practice and no, no, you know, didn't know the rules package. And he's he's up to speed. Well, since then, I mean. It's been ordinary at best. Yeah. Like. And it's not, and it's not the cars. I mean, the, Kurt Busch has done really good. Kurt, Kurt Busch, had a, you know, didn't have a great finish tonight, but he had a lot of speed in his cars. Ganassi's building fast race cars; they're doing well. But yeah, Kenseth is not. Kenseth doesn't look like the driver that we thought he was going to be. He's not a difference maker. Well, and especially with this being a year where all the Chevy teams have really elevated their their mm-hmm. game. I mean, Chevy, this is like the time to be in a, in a Chevrolet, right? And you know, you can't help but think that, um, you know, if that was Larson in that car at Homestead, that would have been a top five car. And and Kenseth, I don't even know where he finished, some 20-something maybe. Um, and I know he tried to stay out long and, and catch a caution, but that was only because he was running 20-something. It was a Hail Mary. He finished 25th tonight. Yeah, so it's just, uh, I don't know, it's very, you know, they, they that might not be a, a long-term play there. You know, when he first signed, people were like, well, could you see yourself – you know, coming back longer than just this year, but, um, you know, Ganassi might already have to start looking at another direction for next year, just because I just don't think he's the, he's not elevating that team. Certainly. Um, no, he's not. So it's just kind of odd though. Cause I really expected more. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't see why he can't, why he wouldn't be able to run well. It's just, they don't seem, they don't, they don't seem up to speed for whatever reason, which is yeah, it's just, I weird. mean, it's, it's a new situation. Maybe, maybe it is a thing. You got to knock off the rust. You're with a brand new team. You're working with a crew chief you've never worked with before. And it's just, it's, it's just, you have to get used to it. But I will say this, it doesn't look like they're getting better though. It looks like they're just kind of staying flat. He's got finishes. Uh, since finishing 10th, his finishes are 30th, 26th, 23rd, 16th, 15th, 23rd, 25th. That's not good. That's wow. going the other way. Wow. I didn't even realize it was even to that level. Interesting. Well, um, let's talk about uh, the the Xfinity series. Um, you know, you had two races there, and uh, Noah Gregson was going to win both of them until he was thwarted by late cautions. But um, Dale Jr. was in the race, and you know, my my thoughts was sort of, um, <laughs> I I couldn't tell whether I was really impressed that Dale Jr. could not have raced. Um, for almost a year, have no practice come in and, and immediately be running well um, and get a top five, or whether that was sort of an indictment of the Xfinity series this year. Maybe it's probably a mixture of both, honestly. I think it's both. But, I mean, the, the Xfinity series, you know, watching these races, it, it's it really is, um, you know, They've had this exodus of talent. They lost four of the of the top Xfinity drivers from last year, right? Nemechek, I'm including Nemechek in that. The big three mm-hmm. plus Nemechek. So you've had to you've had to replace these these guys, and and you have guys with the some of the top teams who just um, they're just you know not not I don't know I wouldn't they're know. there because of sponsorship reasons not necessarily solely because of their driving ability that's a that's very nice say. polite way to to put what i was trying to say yes so yeah i mean you have a lot of buy a ride type guys and you know dale jr can come in and he's just going to wax these people right um mm-hmm. even with no experience and I, I just thought you know i'm, I'm watching him outrun these people 
um, you know, it's just like, man, this is, I don't know how much this says, you know, I was thinking for a minute, if he's going to win this race, how much does this say about sure. the Xfinity series? I mean, it's like AJ Allmendinger winning the race last week at Atlanta. Yeah. Or two weeks ago at Atlanta. Well, and then, and then he, uh, he wins, Allmendinger wins the dash for cash. He, ta- he takes the money yeah. from, you know, he wasn't even going to be in this race until he was eligible. Right. And then he, um, mm-hmm. signed up for it Later. just to see if he could win the dash for cash. And he, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I'm the Xfinity series is exciting in part because these guys make mistakes. And, mm-hmm. um, but I guess I would just caution people. Like I I've seen people going, Oh wow. Um, yeah. I wonder if, you know, do you think Noah Gregson can get the 48 car and stuff like that? And I'm just like, uh, I think I'd like to see a little yeah. bit more before I would declare, um, that, you know, it, and it's, some of it does come down to experience and seat time, but I don't know, man. I just, I don't think the series, if, if you're going to win a bunch of the races in the Xfinity series this year, it's not the, it's not the strongest group that they've ever had. So, no, I agree with that, but I will, I think Noah has impressed me. He didn't impress He's improved, me last year. for sure. He has definitely improved. Um, he did not impress me last year. He had a bad, he, he had, considering the ride he was stepping into with the team, he, he did not have a good rookie year. It was disappointing. He has matured off the track. He's matured on the track. But he is still a long ways away from a driver, even with the wins he's had this year. And that Bristol win was very impressive. He was very good at Homestead. He is still a long way away from a driver who's ready to step in that 48 car. He's just not capable of that. He needs more seasoning in the Xfinity Series another year or so. One guy who has stepped up, though, to me is Chase Briscoe. Briscoe yeah. has looked exceptional this year, and you can see it. When he goes head-to-head with Kyle Busch at Darlington and beats him, that says something to me. His car control is exceptional. Maybe it's because he's a little bit older. I think he's 20. Is he 27, 26? Is he that know. old? I don't know. I thought he was older, but his car control is exceptional. And you look at him as like, this guy, you could see this guy in a cup car. Yeah. He, you know, And it's starting to be the point now where I was literally texting with some people today saying, hey, what are we thinking here with Briscoe? Because he's making some noise. Where do we think he's going to end up in things? Because he's people are paying attention to him, and he looks like the real deal. Yeah, he's, I think he should be in cup next year. Now, another one I'm kind of wondering about is where, where's Ross Chastain been in all this? Because I thought he was going to yeah. run better. Is it that Colleague is not quite as good as we thought? Is Chastain not? I mean, I you know, he's, he's running it's okay, but things. yeah. Yeah. I think it's a combination of things, and Ross touched on it in his post race today, and I thought it was a really good point. His colleague expanded. They're adding. They're running two full time cars now. They're running a third car on a semi regular basis for AJ Allmendinger. That's a lot for an organization that, let's be honest, it doesn't have a lot of resources. I mean, they're doing a lot, and Matt Colleague is, is really invested a lot of money into this, but they're not a powerhouse team. So to add another car, it's, it's a big commitment, and it's going to be some growing pains. And I also it's also been Ross has made some mistakes behind the wheel. He's been over aggressive at times. That team has made some mistakes. They've had some issues on pit road. They've had some interesting strategy calls that have worked against them. Um, they just haven't been consistently fast. They just keep making mistakes. It looks like a team kind of growing into themselves. That said, Ross still finished fifth today. Um, you, you do want to see more out of them. And I, obviously, we're still a long season away, but they, they have not performed the expectations. I, I think as the season goes along, you're going to see more out of Ross. But the knock on Ross has always been he's been over-aggressive. And you have to kind of scale that back a little bit when you're running for these championships. And when you're running for a team like Colleague that doesn't 
you know, it, it, it's not easy to build race cars. It's not easy to repair race cars. You've, you've got to kind of take a step back and say, you know what? If I've got a fifth place car, I need to finish fifth. I don't need to try to finish third. I just need to make sure I finish fifth. And I think that's kind of the growing pains right now for everybody. So uh, I don't know if you saw Jordan, but Steve O'Donnell today was tweeting during one of the many red flags uh, for mm-hmm. Lightning. And he mentioned the was it a good race poll. Did you see this? <laughs> I did. He's a big fan of yours. He said somebody was, was you know, criticizing the package or, or something. And he mm-hmm. said, well, Jeff Gluck's was a good race poll shows that fans like the intermediates better last year than they did before. So yeah. I, I, I just want to say that when you're making a guess on these, <laughs> Jordan, as much as you hate the was it a good race poll and yeah. making the mm-hmm. making these guesses, uh, some people are paying attention. So have you ever heard, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but I have been told by people in the know on the NASCAR side, high rank that they pay attention to your poll and they have brought up the numbers in your poll when discussing whether to go in a direction with rules packages. I've heard something similar to that, but you know, I'm not in these meetings. So what can I really, uh, I'm not going to go, Trumping you carry sway is what we're saying here. It's, like, no, you, it's you not know. me. I'm never. I've never voted in the poll. It's not me that carries this way. It's the people voting in the polls that carry this way. But anyway, I'm giving you the credit. Um. So last week, uh, or sorry, Wednesday in our in our bonus episode of the teardown, um, which is for subscribers only. If you're not a subscriber, please consider supporting us at the Athletic, and then you can listen to our uh, bonus episodes midweek when we have those uh, races. Anyway, um. I believe you said 60% for Martinsville. I said 70. We were both a little ways off. I think it was around 75%. Can't remember the exact number, but uh, it was in the mid 70s. So um, here we go again with another tricky one because I thought that the Homestead race was really good. You know, clean air didn't even seem to mean that much. You had got lots mm-hmm. of different leaders, lots of different lead changes, you know, guys ripping the fence, running different grooves, tire wear. Um, all sorts of things. I, I just, I love Homestead. But then I saw some people on Twitter bitching about it, um, saying that it wasn't a good as good of a race. So that kind of made me question myself. So do you want me to go first or, or you want to go first? Here? Yeah, you go first. So, okay. I, I don't think it's going to be like that high. I think it's going to be decently high, but just not super high. Um, just because I think there was some detractors and they're like, oh, they just got too spaced out or whatever. Um, so I think it's going to be probably mid seventies ish. I might go seventy eight percent. Okay, that sounds like a great number. Um, I'm going to go. I don't know, seventy percent. I, I liked Holmes. I thought it was good. I thought the end. I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain what it was missing. I agree with everything you said. I thought it was a good race. You saw guys passing. You saw. Um, I think the only knock on it was Hamlin led a lot, and. It just never felt like really anyone else had a real chance to unseat him. Elliot did, you know, Elliot was competitive there at the end, but it just felt like Hamlin was closing in on him and was going to eventually pass him. So it just never felt like kind of anyone's race. And I think that's the only knock on it. So I'll go 60. I'm going to go 68%. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> so I low. I, I, yeah. I, Some people, I can't remember what their name for you was. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Eeyore, was it, on Twitter? Somebody replied to the podcast, a couple people, they th- they think you're guessing so low. Did you see these tweets? 
No, I, I didn't. Oh. I, I don't know. I'm not good at this. I don't think about this. <laughs> I, I don't. This is my favorite part of every week that you're so. <laughs> you, you seem so. I don't know. You, you say. And there's parts where they were fine. You know, you were, parts I'll, were like, I'll remind yeah. you before this, you know, you were on a winning streak here for a while. You beat me like three weeks in a row or something. And I did. And just for the record, I didn't care then. <laughs> well, you seemed much happier about doing it then. I feel like if I keep, I almost want to start throwing it because if I keep uh, beating you, you're just going to be like, look, we're not doing this anymore. Eliminate this from the podcast. No, um, I mean, whatever. It's part of your shtick. And, and obviously NASCAR needs this apparently because this is a big deal they bring up in meetings. So you know, we need to keep doing this. <laughs> well, yeah. I have an idea. Okay. Maybe we should ask OD to come on the podcast once a week and he can pick, take my job to give his opinion on the, was it a good race poll? That might be a better idea. Well, don't you think he'll, he'll say like a hundred percent? He'll probably, yeah. I mean, he's not, you know, he's gonna, he's a little biased. I think we have to take that into account, but yeah. Well, anyway, um, sorry to put you in this position. You know, Jordan, we're coming up to Talladega now, and it's very interesting because we, uh, you know, originally NASCAR had said, okay, so they've changed the rules uh, package for Talladega after what happened at Daytona with Ryan Newman mm-hmm. and the huge runs these guys were getting. They said, we need to try to slow these runs down, make it a little bit safer for these guys to race. And so they said, okay, we're going to put in these these tweaks to the rules package and so because of that, we're going to give you guys a practice session before the Talladega race to just make sure, you know, you get things dialed and you get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. Then they come out uh, this week and they say, you know what, uh, things have been working pretty well uh, with these one day shows and uh, the teams don't really want this. So uh, <laughs> no practice. So we're going to go see a Talladega race Sunday that um, has, you know, these it's it's a new package, new rules essentially. I mean, at least tweaked, and drivers have no idea what they're going to get. They're just going to start the race, try to feel mm-hmm. things out, and that's going to be very interesting. I think. Um, hopefully, it works. Uh, what their plan is, but these guys are going to have to feel it out on the fly, like, like they've been doing for these other races. So Talladega should be a should be a fun one. It's going to be interesting. I, I understand the reasoning the teams had for not wanting to test because if you, they if they are not practiced, if they have a practice session on Saturday, they have to bring up backup cars, and it just it's it can be a hassle, especially if one crash. If you you got to, if you crash and you have to bring up the backup car, it is a commitment, and it, with with roster scaled down, it's not easy to do. So I, I get it, but they're just with these rules packages at these tracks, Daytona and Talladega. There's always unintended consequences where you make a rule change and you think this is what it's going to be, but then something else happens and then you don't think of that or you didn't realize that this was going to happen. And I just, I am curious because what happens if Sunday rolls around and the closing speeds are quicker? And I know, you know, the tests and everything and they, they, NASCAR has a pretty good idea what they're doing, but what happens if the closing speeds are quicker? What happens if something else happens? What happens if this change results in more of the uh, the two-car breakaways that we've seen, which are starting to become more prevalent. So I just, I don't know. I, it's just, I don't know. 30 minutes of practice, I think, would have gone a long way. Well, that's not happening. So we will uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Jordan, before we go, um, I'd like to give a, a personal shout-out to two of our very fre- frequent listeners uh, to the podcast. Uh, my mom and my dad today celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary so 50? 50 yes 50 good lord so wow. um did you say why 
No, I oh. know all that too. But I, I think, good Lord, wow. <laughs> oh, you but, said yeah, wow. Also, why? Okay, why? Well, I did, and now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, why? Like, yes, time. you being wow. anti, anti-marriage, Jordan here. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations to them, but good Lord, wow. Uh, I got to go over uh, to have breakfast with them with Sarah and Liliana before I had to start the race duties for today. So at least I got to see them before I was the bad son and just completely said, bye, have a nice anniversary, even though it's your golden anniversary and I'm, I'm bailing. So, but I get that in return uh, next week for father's day. I'm going to be working on father's day. So taste of my own medicine. You're not on the road though. You do get to spend it with your daughter. That's true. That's true. Well, I get to spend the morning with my daughter before I lock myself in my office and say, nobody bother me. The race is on. I have to listen to scanners and tweet about it, but, Anyway, that's uh, that's our that's our life. That's what we do. And that will, you know, NASCAR is always going to race on Father's Day, so um, I have no problem with that. And it's Talladega, so it should be Happy exciting. Happy anniversary to your parents. Thank you. Happy anniversary to them. Anyway, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you. Hopefully, uh, we didn't ramble too much on this one. Although we see, I see we're quickly approaching forty minutes, so we'll uh, we'll say goodbye for now. Uh, it's Jordan. It's almost. Uh, See, it's twelve thirty Eastern time after this rain delayed race. I've I've got to write a top five column. I have zero items, so that should be an interesting read for people Monday morning to see how groggy <laughs> uh, how I put that together. So only ten thirty here talk in, about in Denver. Lots to talk about. That's good. So I'm going to get to that. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading the Athletic, and we will talk to you next time on the Teardown. <laughs>